Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 61 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lowell, Peter Jones, and Todd Widener are here with me tonight. It is episode 61, the worst Packer number in the history of the franchise. Peter, take it away. 61. If you can. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's... With most numbers, you know, there's you could think of a guy, even if he wasn't a star player, you could think of a guy pretty recently that wore that number, even if he was only around for five minutes or so. But 61 was a real, real job to find somebody. And then, of course, there's a Super Bowl champion in there, long snapper Brett Good, played for the Packers for 10 seasons from 2008 to 2017. The finest Packer ever to wear number 61. <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> <laughs> played in 152 games for the Packers, won a Super Bowl. What more can you want? So that's the guy. It's the Brett Good episode. <laughs> there are two Packer Hall of Famers I saw, but they only wore the number for like a year. They're like, fuck this number. It's terrible. You can't play <laughs> with this number. I think Lavi Dilwig was probably the first. I think he wore it for a year in the in the 1920s. That's correct. Uh, 19, I want to say 1934, I think it was. was it? Yeah. Yeah. So... What a terrible number, but it's going to be a great episode. So thank you for tuning in to listen to us. Uh, thanks to Rhonda at RM Management and Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. He's going to be getting to work quickly because our shoe raffle ended today. Uh, you can find us at AVG Cheese, but you know this. You can email us at AVGCheese at gmail.com. And we did get a question today. Should we do that or should we yeah. do the shoe Let's do uh, Eric's thing. So Eric from Greendale asked, Deshaun Jackson wants out of L.A., and the coach said he could seek a trade. Now the trade deadline has passed, and Deshaun Jackson is now a free agent because they've let him go. So do we think, Tyler, let's start with you. Do you think that Deshaun Jackson has the talent to help the Packers if we signed him? I'm going to say yes. If I'm Gruden Kraus, I, I mean, obviously there's, uh, you know, the – the cap is an issue. So I don't know if Desa I think Deshaun Jackson would want more than what the Packers could give him. That said, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Packers are in a position to exceed their cap or, or to pull any more, any more rabbits out of the hat to try and go after him. Would he add value? Yeah, I think he would. I still think he could play. I think that he's a better, you know, overall receiver than, well, pretty much anyone besides, you know, Adams. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. He's obviously on the downside of his career. So, but I just, I think he's going to want too much more than what the Packers can offer him. I want to say I saw Ken Angles on Twitter said that the Packers are like four and a half million under the cap this year. Mm. So let's say the number is right, Peter. Yeah. If the number, if the number's right, I would, I'd bring him in. 
I'd sign him. And if it doesn't work out, if after two or three weeks, he's not the player that you think you're getting, then, then you can move on from him. But I, I would, if the numbers worked, I would give it a shot. Yes. I mean, they kicked the tires on Jalen Smith and then decided he wasn't the player and they let him go. And we're going to talk about that later, but so for me, my problem with Deshaun Jackson isn't the talent level. I agree with you that he is talented enough to be on the roster and make plays. I wonder, though, if Deshaun Jackson is so fucking selfish that he's not a Packer, meaning you just left the Los Angeles or the Rams, a team that may play in the Super Bowl. Are you just about Deshaun Jackson and your numbers, or do you really want to win? And that would be my question. That'd be the first thing I asked him. You're leaving the Rams, which are a contending team, and you're coming to the Packers. You may only get 10, 15 catches for the rest of the year. Are you willing to do that to be on this team? Because if not, you can kick rocks, brother. I mean, this is a team that is looking like it may play in a Super Bowl. We don't need your cancer. Now, it also goes back to the way back machine, right? Andre Risen was similar in his demeanor to Deshaun Jackson. And he took us over the top. Very similar situation. I was going to say that you took the words right out of my mouth, Andre Risen. But no, no, no. I'm glad you brought that up because I was like searching for the name. But I think it's those intangibles that you just don't know. I'm sure there's some stuff there, but is it part of it? He just doesn't fit in that environment, whatever that environment is in LA. And would the environment be different in Green Bay? Possibly. You know, it's that kind of stuff behind the scenes that you just don't know. And that's why I think, I think you're absolutely right with those questions. And I think that's why you you try and bring the guy in. If he'll, if he'll come to Green Bay, there may, there may be a bunch of other teams that are willing to pay him a lot more money, but who knows? But, uh, but I think if you can, I think you kick the tires and try. I don't think yeah. he's leaving L.A. because of his ta- his declining talent. I think he's leaving L.A. because there's something else going on there. Like, there's, there's issues, right? It, it, whether it's locker room issues, that was Eric's other point to uh, second half to his question is that Deshaun Jackson's been a problem in the locker room in the past. You know, would, would we want to inherit that as well? I think the bottom line is, would, would Aaron Rodgers want him here? Because I think he's going to have a say-so in it, you know, whether or not he they would bring somebody like that over. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And we're so we're all a yes, Eric. Yeah. So, Eric, thanks for the yeah. question. Again, anytime folks want to email us questions, we will answer them. And then you'll have an answer. Whether it's the right answer or not, I don't know, but you'll get an answer. Or whether it's Eric every single week. Yeah, Eric, send <laughs> us a question every week, brother. It's good. A couple of things. We hit 700 followers today. Very exciting. We don't beg for followers, but they keep coming. So Santi782, I'm sending you a window cling. I already reached out to him and I'm going to send that to him. So thank you for following us. And hopefully you are also listening. So that's awesome. And it's time to pick our shoe raffle winner. So I'm live, right? Live on the show, right? Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is not a live podcast. It's not a live show, but it's. (laughs) <laughs> it's happening now. It's happening right now. So I'm going to share my screen so you don't think I just picked out of my ass, which I normally do. So hopefully you can see. Can you see this? I got you. Thank you for catching me on my cuss words. Yeah. So I'm randomly going to select this winner. That's what this big pink button says. But here goes. I'm kind of excited, to be okay. honest. Uh, maximize it. Okay, sir. 
the window. Come on, I'm, I'm, I got my glasses on. Come on, the fuck. There, that is a gigantic screen that you can see. Right, this is great podcasting right now. That's what this is. So I randomly selected it. Here goes, and the winner is my my old ass computer is taking a very long time. Jesus. <laughs> the fuck does it say? Well, there it goes. Oh, there it, it actually worked. Denise Guerrero. Denise Guerrero. Denise Guerrero. I don't. I can look up where Denise Guerrero is from, but you oh, are cool. the winner of the Packer custom Packer shoes. We will send you an email asking what shoe size you wear. And there are a lot of folks. So the folks that put in the money towards Habitat again, we appreciate each and every one of you. Yes. I will look up where Denise is from and I'm frozen on the screen again. So I'm going to leave that because I love that picture of me and I'm going to stop. Shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey! Do you have a dial up modem too? I mean, what the <laughs> fuck is going on in your house? <laughs> this computer is almost as old as my children who are now in high school and college. So take that for what it is. Oh, that was spectacular podcasting. So let's get into football. So again, Denise Guerrero, thank you for putting your money in and congratulations. I will get Dwight working on your shoes the minute I get them in my hands. So let's talk football. Kylan Hill, Peter, your guy, maybe shouldn't have pulled that kick out of the end zone and is lost for the year. Talk about those guys, him and Tanyan. Isn't it just typical that Tanyan gets injured on, on his biggest play of the season? Yeah, well, you just you just you, you know we've been waiting for him to break out for weeks. Has a fantastic play, thirty-three yards, I think, and gets injured on a, on almost an innocuous. Can't even say the word. Um, That's a great word. Looking play where he's you know almost just gone down under his own steam and yeah, on his it wasn't like out. he got smashed on that nah. play. It looked nah. like his foot, like about three steps prior to him going down, it looked like his. He caught his foot weird in in the turf, and it like and he kept running right because of the yeah. momentum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that too, actually. Yeah, really sad. I mean, you best part of a year out, I would guess. You know, nine to twelve oh, yeah. months. That that kind of. And then, like you say, Kylan Hill. Yes, probably shouldn't have run that kick out of the end zone, but you know that kind of injury could happen on any kick return. It could happen right. on one that fields at the five, whatever. That's just bad luck. Real, real sad for for Kylan Hill, and and you just hope with a player with that kind of burst and that kind of speed and that kind of cutting ability that that's not impacted going forwards. Again, you know, a young guy you would expect to recover from that injury nine to 12 months or so, but it's what impact does it, you know, does it have going forwards on his career? And we'll just keep our fingers crossed. It looked like, and I don't know if you guys saw this, it looked like he hesitated and thought for a second, I'm going to take a knee and then, and then he took brought it out. It was almost like this very quick little hesitation. It was about as violent as a as a as a collision as you're going to see in the I, NFL. I, I was going to say, I mean, what did you guys think of the tackle? That was just it, it was hard to watch. I mean, that was. I don't think it was dirty. Just yeah, a really really hard hit. And when Kylan Hill didn't move after that hit, that's so scary. Speaking of injuries, I wonder if Jalen Smith is ever going to recover from the injury he had in the past. Like he just, as much athletic ability as that man had, he doesn't look right on a football field yet. And the Packers caught him today, according to Adam Schefter. And fuck yeah. you, Adam Schefter, by the way. But <laughs> thanks for the information. 
No, they did cut him. He is definitely cut 100%. No, they did cut him, but yeah. I still think Adam Schefter's a dick, so I feel like I had to say that. Yeah, you go from it's it's strange to see someone go from being a pro bowler in 2019 to how he's performing now. I mean, it's just been He looks scared. Bad man. He looks scared to to put his nose in there. Well, what was it? Was it the Cincinnati game where it literally looked like he was jitterbugging out of the hole to try to not get hit by anybody blocking him? I think it was that game. That that was the game where it was like, whoa, he's not yeah. he's not right. Yeah, and with Barnes coming back, it's it's probably that kind of closed the deal. Peter, do you think this has anything to do with Zadarius Smith? And his possible return? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know what the deal is with Zadarius Smith. I mean, I know he's been tweeting, can't wait to get better Green Bay and all of that kind of stuff. But I don't, I don't think so. I, I just think that they that they kick the tires again on on with Jalen Smith, see what they've got, and I think after after two three weeks, he just wasn't. I guess what they hoped that they were getting, you know. And that's not to say that. He won't latch on with another team either this year or, or next year and, and come back as a as a better player and still be a player in the NFL. That stuff happens. But I guess it wasn't, for whatever reason, just didn't work out. I think with Z Smith, you got to sit him the rest of the year. I don't, I'm not the doctor, the team doctor, but I'll play one anyway. I, I just think that, gosh, uh, would it be nice that he'd come back? Of course, but I'm kind of le- leaning towards, like, let's think of this long term of just that it's a pretty significant. I mean, we're talking about a back surgery, you know, that's not something that is going to really go to hundred percent. So would I like to see him back? Sure. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't think so. I don't know. But the problem with that is Darius Smith, isn't this the last year of his contract or his contract is so huge for next year that he's very easily cuttable. Peter, any, isn't yeah. his contract pretty doggone big for next year? It really is. And, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we've, seen his last game in a packer uniform so if he doesn't come back this year he won't he may not come back for as a packer quite possibly i mean to bring him back next year they almost certainly have to do something more with his contract and push some money down the road which will be easier to do from 2023 onwards when the tv deal kicks in and the, and the cap's going to take a huge huge jump potentially so we hope to see him back but it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we won't see him back in the packer uniform Interestingly enough today, and Todd, maybe this goes to the whole Mason Crosby thing. I think it was you that mentioned it. Hunter Bradley was cut today, the long snapper. Now, you can have a very long career as a long snapper, Brett Good. Brett Good. (laughs) (laughs) Just so happens. (laughs) Yeah. Who who played for, what, 10 seasons, but probably had like less snaps than a normal player would have in one entire season. So they cut Hunter Bradley today, and you wonder if that had something to do with Mason Crosby and his issues kicking the football. So Mm. they signed long snapper Steven Wordle. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, from their practice squad. So Hunter Bradley gone. Interesting. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's three people involved, right? you got the snapper, the holder, the kicker. And, I mean, there must have been something going on with the timing or, or something that we can't see. It's such a, a fine, precise action of, ki- of of kick and field goals. So uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I hope it straightens That's- shit out because, I mean, he's he's all over the place. He's still a mess. I hope it improves things right away. I mean, you have to believe that there was something. When they brought the long snapper in in the summer, Joe Fortunato, you yeah. have to believe that there was something there. At the very least, there was something that they wanted to at least challenge 
Hunter Bradley. And it's interesting to make that kind of move mid-season because it's one of the thing. One of the things you just take for granted, isn't it? Is that yeah, you know, if the kicker misses, it's down to the kicker. If whatever else, so you just take yeah, you know, and you take for granted the long snap. I mean, you have to imagine that there may well have been almost a week-on-week ongoing discussion about whether it's the time to make a to make a move given the fact that that Wirtel's on the practice squad or has been on the practice squad they're seeing him week in week out day in day out yeah and you do it now because the kid had the guy the kid <laughs> the, the man has eight weeks or nine weeks to show that he can do it before playoffs start and then you can feel comfortable with him as the new long snapper right you don't wait forever because also you throw him into a big game you don't want him Snipe, you know, snapping it over Bohorquez's head or something. How long did Bradley? How long was Bradley with the Packers? I don't know. A long time. He, so he was drafted in the same draft as J.K. Scott, twenty eighteen. Yeah, that sounds right. Before I forget, shout out to the dudes I met. So I went to uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta area in the South Carolina, and I went to a Packer bar called the Why Not in Peachtree City, Georgia. I don't know what Packers everywhere considers a Packer bar. I think you must just be able to sign up. Now the bar was great. You can, What's you can on the web on the Packers website. You can. I just actually saw it today. There's like a tab at the top of the uh, Packers website. It says like Packer bars, and they're all listed. And then if you want to get listed as a Packer bar, you just submit your information. And there's no criteria because I will tell you the only so. Packer thing in the Why Not Bar in Peachtree City, Georgia, is an average tree window cling that I put up. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would have been what would have been weirder was that the average cheese window cling was already there when you got there. Yeah, that right. would have been weird. <laughs> right. but, yeah. So that now it is a Packer bar because our window cling is right near the jukebox. I didn't even put it in the bathroom because I don't want anybody cleaning the mirror and swiping that joker off of there. So I put it in a place. I asked first, so it's still it will stay up there, I assume. You could have done a sticker instead of the cling. I don't so, have so any more you, of those stickers, man. Oh. So you can sign up any Packers bar. Yeah. And Marcy and I are going to buy, well, we're buying a lot in South Carolina. I plan on opening a Packers bar in Somewhere in your below. house and my house <laughs> we'll exactly. put your attra- we'll put that's your already a case <laughs> but i mean a real packers bar so you have to help me come up with a name because i'm serious i'm gonna be retired i want to need something to do or i'm gonna go nuts so i'm gonna need a name for our packers bar that's not you know like everybody else's average cheese bar the average cheese bar there you go Oh, that's already done. super creative. Good job, guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm just thinking very how, how creatively here. This be? But, uh, well, we already got the graphics, so that's simple. There you go. <laughs> Fuck it. You got everything. You got everything. Got your own podcast for it and everything. That's right. Advertising. Get his podcast right from the bar, from behind right. the bar. Get a fucking sound booth and everything. <laughs> get your own fucking beer. I'm pod- podcasting right now. Right. <laughs> In fact, get me a fucking beer. Give me a fucking why am beer. I? Why am I even asking? Go behind so the bar. A, I know you don't work here. Yeah. So it's a self-service bar. That's right. Right. That's right. I'll be spending my retirement giving people free beers all the time. <laughs> that's fine. I'll enjoy it. The average cheese. Yeah, that's perfect. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I'm full of good good ideas. Just you are. 
You are. Was it last week that we were talking about fleecing the Texans? Now, this is not exactly fleecing the Texans, but the Packers signed another Texan today. And I looked up his name because, my gosh, it's difficult. Azoya Alufaha. I fucked that all up, but I'm leaving it in the podcast. Azoya Alufaha. Defensive tackle out of West Georgia. Play with the Texans, now a Packer. See what happens there. No idea who that guy is, what he can do. <laughs> he also played football at Kennesaw State. Don't even know where that is. Assuming that it's in Georgia somewhere. Oh, you were right close to it. In fact, in fact, so close to it that I'm be- beginning to wonder whether you didn't identify this guy. <laughs> I brought him like, dude, come on. Let's go play for the Packers. Is it really? It's near yeah. Uh, Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. It's in Atlanta, yeah. Nice. Well, welcome to the team, sir. Hopefully you're around for a while. Longer than Jalen Smith. Or longer than Quentin Dunbar. Start with that. All right, let's get into the game. We spent a lot of time talking about other stuff. Game summary. First of all, Packers win. Dale was wrong. Picked that wrong. Todd, yeah. Todd, you were the only one of the three of us to pick that game right. So congratulations. Yep. It had nothing to do with it being a fan. You just knew it. That's right. That's Summarize right. the game for us. Tell us some things that you thought about the game. Uh, the one thing, I don't know if you guys saw it. Like, I think it was, you know, it was right before the first half. I think there was around four minutes and change. I think they had the ball on, I don't know, I want to say the 30, their own 30 or so. And I was like, oh, sweet. You know, we're, we're in a really good spot here. There's plenty of fucking time left. We could, put, we should at least be coming away with with three before the half. Drain, drain the clock out. Walk into halftime. And we're going to be up. I don't even remember what the score was at that point. That's a definite drive that they should have capitalized on. And I felt like the clock just kept on running and running and running. I'm like, the f-? I'm like, okay, they're they're advancing the ball. They're draining the clock so that Arizona doesn't get another shot before the half. But then it, it started getting kind of like to the critical point. And I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? And we ended up coming coming away with nothing and just going into the half with nothing. I just thought that the clock management was like an issue there when you had all kinds of time, you had decent field field position, you know, to go into the halftime, you, you should be going up by at least a field goal, if not another touchdown. You know, maybe there was too much time left on the clock. Four Never. minutes is too much time. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. You're probably stuck then in your own mind about how you play this, knowing that that if you go three and out, you're giving the ball back with two minutes 30 left or whatever. So you start conservative and then again, I guess the issue is continuing to be conservative. That's the real issue. Yeah, you're probably right. They've got it with a minute 30 left. They'd have been in a hurry up offense and they probably would have driven down and at least got three points out of that. This isn't in the notes, but I think we now know why Amari Rogers isn't playing. The frustration on Aaron Rodgers' face was, you could tell he was aggravated with Amari Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was aggravated with Amari Rodgers. One of them was on that pass out in the flat. I don't know what he expected Rodgers to do on that play. Maybe come back for the football? I'm not sure. He wasn't running. It it looked like he was, that's like a timing issue. I think he was running the correct route, but he was just in the wrong place. Rodgers was throwing that ball to, to a spot. Amari wasn't there. And you could see, like, he had slipped and, and fell, and like, yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, yeah he's he just not there legs. yet. And he also had Want, a drop. He did. He had a, a drop. And an ugly drop. 
Like I'm yeah, hit him square about. square in the numbers dropped. <laughs> yes. He's got time. Jawan <laughs> Winfrey had some issues in this game too. When EQ St. Brown plays 92% of the snaps, you know you are super thin at wide receiver in that game. Jawan Winfrey got snaps. He didn't look ready either. No. He had some issues. Like with him and the, and, and a couple of the other guys, I was like it kind of answers the question when when you're you're thinking about guys making the team and stuff and you're like oh that's why they're on the practice squad you know the, a lot of those questions were answered especially with winfrey when he, that fumble when he fumbled that ball out of bounds if he hangs on to that ball and makes a move on, on that guy he is fucking gone easily there was nobody there nobody <laughs> And I think that's, oh. yeah, absolutely right. And I think that's a reminder to ev- to everybody, to all of us, that the guys on the practice squad, they're probably on the practice squad for a reason. You know, that 10th wide receiver there on the roster isn't necessarily the next Hall of Famer. It may be. There's a tendency, isn't there, to look at a guy who's not playing and think, well, he'll do a better job than whoever it may be. But they're on the practice squad for a reason. And if you remember even Devontae Adams in his first season, he dropped as many as he caught. So I think you have... we. Moral of the story, I guess, like Amari Rogers, is you just got to give the, you just got to give them time and opportunities, and they're gonna, they're gonna make dumbass plays. They're gonna drop the ball every now and again. They're, they're um, does that count as a swear word? Okay. Sure it does for you. It does. <laughs> we'll take anything we can. <laughs> um, we both put quarters in for you. <laughs> <laughs> Double quarters, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a reminder that, that, that those guys are young and they're, you know, you've got to give them time to make their mistakes and, and come through it. And then there's the, the Lazards of the world who start out on the practice squad and then get a shot and now he's a number two. Yeah, they get time, they get reps, they get better, they start to figure things out. Do I think this is the death knell for uh, Amari Rogers and Juwan Winfrey? No, they just didn't play well in this game and they were yeah. forced into action. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get forced into action like Lazard. Lazard was really good when he came in early. These guys, not a great start, but who knows? I don't really want to complain too much about the officiating in this game. And I think that the Aaron Jones call not getting into the end zone, I don't think he was in. The problem is there's no fucking way they could tell from any replay whether he was or wasn't in. I don't think he got in, but there was no angle that they could prove that. And because they call that a touchdown, I was stunned. And I was sitting near someone wearing a J.J. Watt Arizona jersey. They were more pleased than I was at that point. I thought that was a that was a bad call and also a bad reversal, to be honest. It was terrible. It was. They they didn't follow the protocol correctly, right? I mean, the protocol is the, the call in the field. The call on the field is touchdown. You make the review, and when during the review, in order to reverse it, there has to be indisputable evidence. Did I think he was in? Absolutely not. But it doesn't matter because the call on the field is touchdown. Then it goes to the next stage, right? Video review. You have to have inconclusive video evidence. It was not there. I don't know what criteria they're they're using, but it didn't seem like they used any because from the same exact camera angle that we were seeing that they were seeing. There's no way there was enough evidence there to reverse that, but they did. And I thought that that for that, it was bullshit. It was, yeah, it, it was terrible. There was no way that you 
revert whatever the call on the field was there was no way that you could reverse it what's interesting to me is about the touchdown that Aaron Jones did score I don't think he scored but again you know you're in that position where it was so close you couldn't definitively tell where that ball was whether it touched the plane of goal line or not but whatever the call on the field was had to stand should have been that way both times to be honest and I'm with you I don't think he scored on the first one either what you said is right Todd indisputable evidence if you don't have it, you're not supposed to change the call, and they did. There are some other ugly ones in this game. I don't, I don't care because yeah. the Packers won anymore. But I cared then. Yeah. Anyone you want to talk about? Because I don't. Yeah. Let's just move on. Move All on. right, we'll move on. Ty, what is, I don't know what this is. It says Summers not scoring. It was that fucking he, Summers on the on the uh, muffed punt. Oh, <laughs> you didn't fucking <laughs> see true. him. He looked like a high school sophomore. It was like a high school sophomore <laughs> drill or something. I mean, it's kind of like I get what he was doing, right? I get it. But like the drill that they teach in high school is to just fucking fall on the ball, right? Like, I mean, get the possession. That's all that matters, right? Dude, you're at the most elite fucking level of football there is. You should have your head on a swivel. You should have situational awareness on the field. There is fucking nobody around (laughs) you, dude. Pick that fucking ball up and you've got one step to get into the fucking end zone. You fucking idiot. Peter? He drives me insane. He drives me insane. When I saw that, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he just laid there for like two or three seconds before a fucking Cardinal had to come over and tag him. But but there is a bit of a bat on this. (laughs) So the call on the field was that that the Cardinal guy never touched the ball. Right now, we know that was reversed, overturned quite rightly. However, had the call on the field stood and Summers picked that ball up and taken it into the end zone, it would have been a touchback. And then Ty would have been going fucking ballistic. (laughs) Why did you do that, you dumbass? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm right. He's wrong. He should have picked that fucking ball up. But again, he, he should he should if he's that close, you should see that it it went off his hand, right? I thought he touched it from yeah no. five thousand miles away yeah. or whatever. Me too. I, was. I knew it right off the. Yeah. I still like Rondell Moore, and I wish he was a Packer because I think he's going to be an electric player. Packers struggled in this game in the red zone. I want to say last year they were in the seventy five percent range. Anytime they got into the red zone, they scored a touchdown. I want to say it was around seventy five percent. That is clearly not the case this year. They are struggling in the red zone. The Packers had 23 plays in the red zone, 23. And they had some really ugly play calls. I'm sure we will talk about that later. Arizona only had 10 plays in the red zone. And it was a very, and they had a chance to win it at the end. So I think that says a lot. Let's do a good, mad, and the ugly like we always do. Tyler, start with you. Offensively, the good. I think they followed the the. I think the MVP for me in this game is is Matt Lafleur, Coach Lafleur. So I mean, exactly what we were, uh, you know, prescribing for this game, which was run the football, kill the clock. That was the recipe that won this game. They controlled every single. It was probably the best half of football that I've seen the Packers play. Undoubtedly, in the past, maybe like two, two or three seasons. I mean, it was a great half of football, minus the 
you know, not, not scoring on the last possession, but before the half, but they rushed the football. I mean, Dylan was an animal, 16 rushes, uh, 78 yards, Jones, another over hundred total yard game with 15 rushes, 59 yards and seven catches for 51 and a touchdown. So they did exactly what, what they wanted to do and the Cardinals couldn't stop it. So it was great to see that. Yeah, exactly that. The the running game, whilst it didn't break out as such, there weren't, you know, long gains. There was six yards here, seven yards there, five yards there. Both Dylan and Jones made a number of yards after, after contact. So yes, there were some nice holes, but also they made yards on key plays, you know, on fourth downs, for example, where, where they were hit behind the line of scrimmage, Dylan in particular, and made extra yards. The whole running game, and as Todd says, you know, the game plan behind that, keeping the Cardinals offense off the field was excellent. Really, really, really good. There's not a whole lot of spectacular offense in this game. I don't know what else to say other than what you guys just said. The Packers knew what they had to do on offense, and part of that was keeping their defense off the field. And they did that perfectly. Yep. You know, I know we talked about Tanyan getting injured. It looked like he was starting to become, you know, they were starting to figure that out with him. Of course, that's not going to happen. But the tight end position needed to catch the football. When Equinemius St. Brown is your number one, you have to have other options. This is another game that Devontae Adams didn't play in. The Packers have never lost when he's been out. They are like 7-0 and when Devontae Adams is not playing, which means that they have to diversify their offense, which we've been talking about ad nauseum on this podcast. So that's my good, diversity and just keeping possession of the football long enough. How about the bad? Peter, any thoughts on the bad? The real bad for me, and you've kind of touched on it already, red zone offense, but in particular, after the, the excellent play that Ty Summers made to recover the punt oh, down, down, near the, <laughs> down near the goal line. got to let it go. <laughs> I mean, the Packers had first and goal at the three and ran three straight pass plays yeah. in there, which, which given what we've just talked about and how effective the running game was, it just didn't make any sense. We don't know and we never will know whether Rogers audibled out of run plays on one, two or three of those plays or none of them. But however it came about, that was probably the poorest sequence of play calling, whoever was the ultimate caller of those plays that probably we've seen in a long time. Given everything that was going on in that game, let's just run the ball four times from the three and you, you, you almost should be able to get, get that yard, right? Yeah. Or the yeah. two yards or whatever. Yeah. Was that the series where they also had a delay of game? One of those was they were close, and then there was like a delay of game. I don't know if that he was, that was later in the sec in the second half, wasn't it? When yeah, they run out, I don't run think out. So. Where they run out of timeouts and the, yeah. the end. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, that was bad for me. It's just, and we talked about it just before. Was our young guys didn't catch the football? Yeah, they just look, it looked like things were a little bit too bright. The lights were too bright for our young guys trying to catch the football. And right, if you have Equinemia St. Brown as your one, then yes, you should be running the football on the goal line. <laughs> You've got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You've got guys that should be able to get it in the end zone from the one or the two yard line. So that was my bad. Anything else? My ugly is Crosby's kicks are still fucking ugly. <laughs> They're terrible. They are going through. They he didn't miss in this game, but man, 
Those were ugly looking. I mean, every time he kicks, I'm kind of like, oh boy, oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> like, just thinking. Hopefully, this new long snapper straightens straightens things out. But uh, I thought all of his kicks were they didn't look solid at all. So. We'll take it. No issues as long as he makes them. They can go through like <laughs> spiraling through like a punt as long as he make he makes them. Yeah, we'll see if the I new long snapper is an answer. Let's move on to the defense. I'm going to start with this. This is, I think, the second week in a row. Dean Lowry. I'll agree. Yep, I'll agree. Really had some nice plays in this game. I'll agree. The man has come to play, whereas our other buddy, Tyler Lancaster, has kind of fallen off into the abyss. He's still in the tent. He's in the tent. Yeah. Taking a crap. Yeah. <laughs> he just fucking stays sandwiches in the tent or something. Now. He doesn't even come out of the tent. <laughs> and why the fuck was he in the game in the second half? Ooh, Speaking and he got obliterated on the one play, too. Like, it was really apparent that Tyler Lancaster was getting just mauled. Yeah, what's well, new? Yeah, I don't know. But Dean Lowry had a great game. Sack. That one sack he had, he just, like, pushed the defensive lineman into the quarterback, and he just fell. I mean, that, was, that was pretty impressive. It wasn't Lowry on the play where Hopkins scored. That was just Murray throwing it up for grabs. Was that – Oh, yeah. Sean Gary, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't think it was Lowry, but Lowry had a great game. They had a lot of pressure in this game. And Rashawn Gary, I think it was Rashawn Gary early. Literally, Murray just threw it off his back foot, hoping to throw it out of bounds, I think. Mm-hmm. And ended up scoring on that play. It was kind of lucky. But, yeah, Dean Lowry is my good. Peter? It's difficult to look beyond Russell Douglas, and not just the interception at the end, but his whole game again. So that's two weeks in a row now. And Devondre Campbell, you know, you almost don't want to keep mentioning his name. Again, another fine performance from those two guys. And Whitney Merciless put a lot of pressure on. Hasn't yet started racking up the stats, but he's the reason I think that the Packers haven't looked for a, re- a replacement this week in trade week for a Zadarius Smith or another guy on the outside, because I think that Whitney Merciless has been very, very good in the two games that he's played. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, Black had a nice pick. I thought that was nice to see. And then just back to um, Razul Douglas and, and his pick, his interception, that was a great catch. I don't know if you, if you watched the replay a couple of times, but that wasn't a, that wasn't a gimme. I mean, that, that, that was a nice catch. It wasn't just a gimme interception that was like just hit him right in the hands. I mean, that was – he one-handed that and then kind of like brought it in. Um so that was just outstanding to, to finish the game that way. Also had to have the presence of mind to get both feet down. Yeah, he did that as well. Exactly. Yeah. What a steal. Yeah, geez. Guy's playing and, him and Devondre Campbell. I know we say it every week, but you can't stop saying it. Those guys were absolute steals. And I will say it again. This was a well-coached defensive game against a very good wide receiver core. They kind of look mediocre. I mean, Kyler Murray didn't look great in this game. Pressure and good defensive back play. It looked like LaFleur and Greg were kind of getting into it, like in the first in the first half. Did you see that? Uh, over on the sideline? Yeah, they were kind of like, LaFleur was kind of like barking at him. I think it was because the, I think it was after the first touchdown that the court, yeah. Cardinals scored. I think that that was the wrong it was the wrong call on that defense, but and you could see Lafleur kind of barking at him on the sideline. But Jerry Gray had a headset, but 
also Olavadati or whatever his name also had a headset. I wonder what that was all about. I assume Gray was calling the place, right? He had the, not the clipboard, yeah. but, you know, like the laminated sheet in his hand. So I assumed it was him. That's a team that scores 30 often, and they didn't. And I think that you got to credit the Packers when that happens. Yeah. Sure. Any bad defensively? Well, the only thing I listed was my guy, Stokes. Going back to the play where you, you were talking about earlier when Murray kind of threw that ball up to Hopkins, that was like a – I don't know what he was even thinking when he taught, but that was a, a toss up. It was weird. Like Stokes has to figure out like the only piece missing for his game is like figuring out when and where to either play the ball or the play of the receiver, you know, and he, he kind of got caught. Cause look, my point is if he was playing the ball in that situation, Hopkins doesn't catch that ball. I mean, he, he kind of bit a little bit on Hopkins and was playing, playing the receiver a little bit more. He's just got to kind of like, turn his head around and maybe try to make a play on the ball. I get that, you know, there's no help over there. So if, if Hopkins does come down with it, he's going to score. That's the only, that's the only thing I had, you know, on the defensive side. Yeah, I would concur with that. And, you know, Stokes, he doesn't find the football in the air on those long, on those long passes. So two knocks on Stokes coming out of college. One is handsy and two doesn't find the football in the air. That's, that's why it was a slight surprise that he went, in the fir- in the first round. Having said that, he's not the only corner in this league that has that that difficulty. And I and I think yeah. as a rookie, he's just going to get better and better and better because he's got things that you can't teach. Speed, for example, yeah. you can't teach a guy that. So it was as Todd said, it was a very odd, very strange looking looking play because Hopkins didn't beat him. The pass didn't beat him. It was just he just didn't. Completely lost track of the football. Yeah, didn't locate it. Having said that, on the plus side, that's the only big play that they gave up to, as you said, Dale, a very potent Cardinals offense. I guess the only other thing for me, and this is really nitpicking, is that the defense did struggle a little bit in the second half as compared to the to the first half. But I think that's really nitpicking. I think that, um, yes, they weren't as good in, in, in the second half as the first but actually, even that second half performance was still probably better than we probably could have expected. It's not like they were tired. I mean, the offense. Yeah, could, exactly. You know, yeah. they had tons of time of possession on our side. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were gassed or something. So. Yeah. It, uh, I thought they played a really good game. Yeah. I, I didn't. You would like to see them be able to stop momentum once in a while. But, I mean, they're playing a defense that seems to sort of bend, bend, bend. That, that's yeah. kind of the thing, right? They're not going to be in your face playing man all the time. So they're tr- trying not to give up big plays. They're trying to stop long drives. So yeah. that, that's going to happen once in a while. But I thought that they played well, so I don't have any bad or ugly. Wow. Any closing thoughts on that game before we move on to the next one against the Chiefs? I mean, would you have ever thought after the performance in New Orleans that they would be where they're at and beat the Cardinals who are undefeated? I, mean, I would have never thought that after the, after week one. So it's yeah. a, it's amazing. It's an amazing like journey so far, and the fact they've done it with the strongest unit on the team, the offense, right? Not not yet having reached, I guess, anywhere near the level consistent the level that they were at last year. Yeah, all, I mean, the defense the is good. Sorry, go ahead. And all the injuries. 
Yeah, add that too. I mean, they're not playing at full strength. Your top two corners are still out. I mean, Kevin yeah. King, that, that's debatable at this point, right? So your two of your top three, we'll say, are out. Zadarius Smith, arguably your best pass rusher, out. New linebacker in the middle with Devondre Campbell. No, I wouldn't have thought this for sure. Last year, the defense was good because the offense was good, and the teams had to throw the ball all the time. This is different. What you just said, Peter, is 100% right. The offense isn't clicking, so there's no offensive dominance that forces teams to be one-dimensional. So this is a better defense because they have to be, and they are. It's interesting to watch and a lot of fun to watch. All right, let's move on. Move on to the Kansas City Chiefs who I can't seem to put my finger on. I don't know what <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what Chiefs team we're going to get. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has thrown what four, 13 interceptions. I don't know what the number is. Really? I don't have it in front of me. It's a stupid number. Wow. Now, their be, defense sucks. Aren't they last in the league? That's a good question. If only we could look these things up, but <laughs> let's talk about their offensive weapons first. Peter, let's start with you. What are your thoughts, the keys against the Chiefs? I think that we could expect that Patrick Mahomes at some point in the next few weeks is going to bring his best stuff and the Chiefs offense is going to turn it around, if if you like. Clearly, teams, I think, have found a way to dampen down that offense for a little while. But Andy Reid's good enough to be able to counteract that and, and they will I'm just hopeful that they don't bring their best stuff on Sunday rather Edwards Hilaire is still out in a running game I mean uh, their leading rusher is Clyde Edwards Hilaire who is on IR yeah. they can't run the football much he wasn't a threat anyway now they're down to running back two or three Daryl Williams the guy that scares you it's got to be Tyreek Hill right that guy seems to get open and he's super fast he usually comes out of the slot though yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and they and they use him all over the field. They'll line him up in the backfield and and everywhere to be able to get the ball in his hands. Cuz Stokes is the guy that you would like to see covering Tyreek Hill, but I don't think the Packers will just have him follow Tyreek Hill. So Patrick Mahomes is still great. Tyreek Hill can change a game in an instant. Those are the, the keys. So stopping those two guys, which is a no-brainer. I think the the recipe stays the same with no changes except for getting more creative in the red zone. They have to solve that piece of the puzzle, you know, moving forward in, into the second half of the season. But this is the this is the week that you really need to start capitalizing on all those opportunities in the red zone. So I think if we basically keep the same exact game plan as it as it was against the Cardinals, and if they can clean up and and get some better plays, whether it's the play calling or more creating more plays in the red zone, I think we're going to come out on top here. You know, what we didn't talk about, Peter, was the history between the Packers and the Chiefs. So the history, Packers-Chiefs history. I guess with one of them being in the in NFC and one of them being the AFC, they haven't played that much. They only played 13 times, Packers and Chiefs. The, the Chiefs lead the series 7-5-1. and one. And I guess that there's been one or two big games in the series, obviously Super Bowl one, which was the first game between the Packers and Chiefs. And a couple of years ago, we kind of forget this game, the Packers went to Kansas City and won, which was a bit of a surprise, although Patrick Mahomes didn't play in that game. The other big game that I remember from the from the series was that, if you remember the Don Mikowski year, 1989, the Packers went 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs on a tiebreaker 
They lost to the Chiefs really late in that season in a game which, had they won, they would have made the playoffs. I did not remember that. Yeah, as you know, the Packers played well all that season, played close games, even in the games that they lost. And then they, they played a really bad game against the Chiefs and I think only, only scored three points or something in that game. And that kind of eventually cost them that playoff berth in, in 89. On defense, Chris Jones, right? He's the Kenny Clark of their defense. He's, got, he's getting paid on that scale. But I don't know that, that Chris Jones has produced to the level that, that they would have expected this year. So on defense, I don't know. They're giving up a bunch of points. They're giving up a bunch of yards. I, I feel like you said, Peter, that this game is going to come down to is Patrick Mahomes old Patrick Mahomes, or is he going to continue to play the way he has this year and been sort of inconsistent? Todd, any thoughts before we score predict? Nope. That's it for me. All right. I think I'll start this week. So I do not think that Patrick Mahomes will figure it out this week. I'm still nervous about it, but I think that he will throw the ball to the right team, which is the Green Bay Packers, at least once in this game. And the Packers will win 35-20. I have been saying that the Packers are going to score a lot of points in games, and they haven't yet, but I think this is the game that they break out. So 35-20. I agree. I think they're gonna, there's going to be a breakout, but I've, I'm thinking the score is going to be a, a little bit more controlled, so I'm going to go with uh, 28-14. And far be it for me to pick against the Packers two weeks on the trot, so I won't. I think the Packers pull this one out 31-28. All right, so thanks for listening to episode 61 of the Average Cheese Podcast, the Brett Good episode. <laughs> go Petco. Go Petco. Go Petco. Go Petco.